Lone Star Gun Talk is a Lone Star Gun Rights production. Original music and hosted by Derek Wills. Copyright Lone Star Gun Rights 2019. Lone Star Gunners, welcome to this special episode of the podcast that's not uh, anywhere near our normal day. Uh, go ahead and chime on in in the comments where you are watching from. Uh, we have, uh, what, what prompted this was, uh, we sent out a tweet uh, last night, and I posted a screenshot of that, uh, calling out Ted Cruz for his, his pushing of what he keeps calling the Grassley Cruz bill. And this has been a bill that he's been trying to get enacted since 2013. Uh, so this isn't a new bill. This isn't uh, this isn't anything new from him. Uh, but people who love Ted Cruz, uh, they they have an issue whenever criticisms come his way. At least some of them do. Uh, so we're gonna break down that bill. This is a special episode just for breaking down this bill. Uh, but before I do get into that, I wanted to give you all a quick reminder that we are still um, we are still getting ready for the giveaway uh, September 29th. My medic has sent us this right here. Uh, this is a MyFAC uh, Advanced. Uh, they have also sent us the range kit, uh, the range medic kit advanced as well as a bleed stopper kit and we're giving this away to uh, three lucky paid members we're also going to be giving away uh, a lot of uh, our, our own gear we're going to be giving away some t-shirts and keychains and uh, things like that so uh, whoever wins these uh, who, whichever three lucky members wins this is going to be getting christmas in, in october it's going to be uh it's going to be great. And I'm going to do an episode probably Friday breaking down the contents of these kits. Uh, first aid is very, very important to all of us because, uh, you know, after after you've neutralized a threat, uh, chances are somebody is going to be injured and we need to be able to carry the tools to uh, save their lives as well because EMS is going to be a ways away and they can't even enter the scene until law enforcement has deemed the scene safe. Uh, so anyway... Let's get to this Grassley Cruz bill. This is uh, this is not a good bill, despite what things have been said about it. And uh, you know, I don't have the uh, I didn't get his web page uh, that had the summary on it. Uh, but let me see if I can pull this up really quickly uh for you guys uh just to kind of give you this is on uh senator chuck grassley's website he's the other namesake on this bill and it, it they call it the preserving the second amendment act and basically it says improve and reauthorize grants for nix database increase federal prosecutions for gun violence by establishing a nationwide project exile program and establishing a high level federal task force there's more task forces going around than we can shake a stick at 
Uh, responsibility addressing gun violence by criminalizing straw purchases for firearms, which is already criminalized, and gun trafficking, which is also already criminalized. Protect the Second Amendment rights for members of the armed forces because they're, uh, you know, as a former member of the armed forces, apparently I was more special as a member of the armed forces than uh, any of anybody that hasn't been a member of the armed forces because they deserve rights and uh, anyway uh requiring the department of justice to explain to congress why it has or has not been prosecuting gun cases we'll get into that uh place limitations on operations like fast and furious allow firearms dealers to access the nick database for voluntary background checks of employees as well as to see if a firearm is stolen or not before they buy it that's the that's the quick synopsis that chuck grassley put on his website um but there's a lot of really bad stuff in here so let's uh let's delve into it guys uh this bill has been filed in the senate and uh actually before i do that i want to check in with everybody here in the comments uh nathan says federal government needs to stay out of it i agree donald says i need to buy another t-shirt yes you do everybody needs to buy another t-shirt we're dropping t-shirts like crazy uh, we just dropped a t-shirt uh, a couple of days ago that says arms aren't uh, arms are for hugging and it's a guy with two AK-47s hugging them. And, uh, you know, it, it's just, it's awesome. Uh, so we got Max from Lake Jackson, Steve from Longview, Carl from uh, Poth. Is it Poth or Poth? I'm not entirely sure. We got Phil from Oklahoma, John from Bridgeport. Guys, thank you so much for chiming in. Uh, okay, so let's get to Zibil, if you will. Uh, so this is, as I said... The short title may be cited as Protecting Communities and Preserving the Second Amendment Act of 2019. But does it? No, it doesn't. So first thing that I want to highlight is uh, page 3, line 11. Uh, and this right here is the end-all be-all that proves that it's a gun control bill. Authorizations of Appropriations... Uh, for the National Instant Criminal Background Check System. In general, Section 103 of the NICS Improvement Amendments Act of 2007. NICS is, an, is a violation of our natural rights. Anytime you have to go through a permission process to exercise a natural right, it is no longer a natural right. It is a... Uh, it is... It is simply a... Oh my god. Why are my dogs barking? Hang on. I can't get through an episode anymore without my dogs barking. They used to be so good. Now I have to... Uh, now I have to... <laughs> now, I <laughs> now I have to embarrass myself in front of everybody. Uh, okay. Where was I? Okay, yeah, NICS is a unconstitutional violation of our natural right to bear arms because you have to prove that you are an innocent person to the government, and that translates it from a right to a privilege. Here's the thing, guys. Whenever you have to... Uh, if the government has the authority to pick and choose who can and cannot exercise a right, it is no longer a right. It is a privilege. So why are we against things like concealed carry permits? Why do we want constitutional carry? 
we want all of those because it's a right and not a privilege that licenses should be sold for. You can't have a right that is licensed. You just can't. Uh, and this is a natural right as, as, as much as you could boil it down to. Uh, the right to bear arms is as much of a natural right as your right to life. You don't need a, you don't need a, a license to exercise your right to live. Uh, so you shouldn't ha need a license, and there shouldn't be any criteria by which you live your life. Uh, and there certainly shouldn't be any, well, there shouldn't be any reason that uh, you should be deprived of your natural rights, because they're rights, not privileges. Okay, getting back to this. So it reauthorizes more money for the NICS program. Uh, line 17, accountability. Uh, grants awarded shall be subject to the following accountability provisions. Uh, basically, this is saying that uh, if, as long as they are doing audits and they are following their priorities, which is interesting right here, uh, should give priority eligible applicants did not have an unresolved audit finding during three fiscal years before submitting application for grant under this section. Uh, this is for states, by the way. So it's another bribery scheme. Uh, page six. This is where things get really dicey. Uh, a lot of those other provisions were just how the NICS grants are going to work. And uh, it's not to say that they're not important, but it is to say that there's a lot of uh, legalese that probably would bore people to tears. Uh, definitions of mental health. And this is something that a lot of people... Uh, even very pro-gun people talk about. It's a mental health problem. Mental health is a is such a broad uh, is such a broad scope that the government shouldn't even be trying to define mental health. And here's the thing. Most people, even uh, most people with mental illnesses that are legitimate mental illnesses, so schizophrenia, bipolar disorder, things like that, most people that are diagnosed with those live very normal, everyday lives, and they have just as much of a right to defend themselves as you or I do. So, saying mental health disqualifies somebody that is not a danger to themselves or others just because they have a diagnosis. It violates all sorts of other uh, rights of privacy, uh, your doctor-patient privilege, things like that. Because if and even even people who have been in a mental institution, that's a current disqualifying factor. If you've ever been in a mental institution, you cannot purchase a firearm, even if it's outpatient treatment, even if it is voluntary commission. The thing is. Sometimes people do need help, but if they are a danger to themselves and others, they will be dis they will be institutionalized. Most people that we that people are talking about when they talk about mental health are people that are they cannot even function on their own. They are typically far more of a danger to themselves than anybody else. They constantly need twenty four hour care. They they. They can hardly do their daily functions on their own, if at all. And chances are, people like that, one, aren't going to a gun shop to begin with. Two, 
probably are, are institutionalized and under constant care. Or three, at minimum, have a caretaker in their home taking care of them. So denying people on the grounds that they have a mental illness of some kind or have ever been to a mental hospital is something that is incredibly dangerous. You can go to a mental hospital just for having uh, depression. You know, depression is, is probably the most common form of mental illness that there is, and it is a mental illness. Postpartum depression affects almost every woman who has ever given birth. And are you, are you going to say that if postpartum depression is diagnosed or gets bad enough to where they need to be put in, under care for a temporary amount of time uh, that, well, she no longer has the right to defend herself? She no longer has the right to bear the tools needed to defend herself? All of this is so dangerous, and we really need to highlight it. Uh, I had a show over a year ago with Lee Spiller on. He's an advocate for mental health patients. And uh, I am making it a point uh, to uh, get him back on the show to talk about this again because of how serious of an issue it is. Uh, he talked about back then how uh, people were going into a mental health clinic for outpatient treatment, and the next thing they, they know, they are locked in a padded room uh, involuntarily against their will. Uh, so this is something that we need to pay very close attention to and stop just using it as a baseline talking point. It is incredibly dangerous. All right, so I'm going to skip over the rest of the rest of this. This is a lot of definitions and um, and uh, a, 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 a couple of semantics on the topic, uh, but none of them are any good because the fact that the government is picking and choosing who can and cannot uh, exercise this right. And you can see it's about five pages or so of... Uh, mental health stuff. All right, going to page 12, uh, line 7. Nick's report. So every bill now seems to be having a requirement that a report needs to be given to Congress every so often. It doesn't matter what it is. Uh, and I guess that's for job security so they can always keep their job because they have to listen to these reports. And... This whole section here breaks down what is required for that report, and it should be held every year, and uh, the DOJ or ATF is going to be doing this. I'm going to give you a, a, a quick rundown. I'm, I, I've linked the bill in the show notes for you guys uh, so you can read all of this, but essentially uh, the relevant records, the number of relevant records as well as their description, and this is for people who have been disqualified and attempted to purchase a firearm um the uh the the thing is if you have a denial that would be a quote relevant record if you were actually not supposed to or you if you were actually supposed to be flagged uh efforts to increase percentage of relevant records uh this right here has some dangerous wording to me because of the fact that it it's it's like they're trying to uh, find reasons to deny people. I don't think that's the intent of it, but the way it's worded makes me feel that way. Uh, of course, I don't think there should be denials at all, but that's a whole nother topic. Uh, as well as the report should include obstacles for increasing the percentage of relevant records, and uh, it should include a measurement for corrections of relevant records. So uh, 
uh, that measurements is what what are they implementing to try and prevent false records from being put in but there's no accountability so it's entirely up to the doj they could come up with whatever uh whatever bs reason they could and it's in the report so that's all that that matters uh, Susan says more people will now not seek help out of fear of losing their guns. Their policies are hurting people. Absolutely right. Kendall says, in my opinion, it seems like discrimination against every American. Again, absolutely right. Um, okay. There's also this portion in here, section, let's see here, uh, page 14, line 20. Uh, yeah, line 20. So there's going to be another report as, uh, along with that Nix report. Uh, and this is going to be a prospectus of firearms. Uh, basically how many are being sold. So this is what is going to, oh, th what this is, is if there was a decision not to prosecute an individual who went to buy a f firearm and was denied why those weren't being prosecuted, uh, why there weren't even charges. Uh, this should also include things like, uh, why is it that they were denied? Uh, was it valid? And if it was, why did we not charge them? And if we did charge them, why did we not prosecute them? The prosecution rate is actually incredibly low. I've, I meant to pull this up before I went live. Uh, so I am, uh, I am sorry, but I got to, uh, see if I can, I, I know I have this saved on my phone, uh, just for such an occasion. So, homicides, nope, that's, that is homicides. Where is my, uh, Nick's stuff? Oh. Nick's denial. This is from 2010. Uh, this is this is important. Now I know this is a bit dated, uh, but it does. Oh no, here's 2015 data. So there were 190,784 denials for firearm purchases in 2015. Uh, of those, 35.8% uh, or 63,303 were because of felony convictions. 3.8% uh, were because of a current indictment. Uh, 2% were because of it being illegal aliens, 5.9% were because of mental adjudication, and 52.6%, or 100,277, out of the 190,784 190, denials were classified as all others. So you're denying people that aren't even worthy of their own category. Uh, now on this, going back to the 2010 data, uh, because I don't think I was able to find this whenever I was looking. I'll, I'll, I'll search again and see if I can find updated data on this. Uh, but they had, uh, they had 76,142, or I'm sorry, 72,659 denials out of over 6 million applications. Um, of those, uh, of those 4,732, were referred to the ATF for investigation. So 6.2% of those that were denied in 2010 were referred to the ATF for in investigation. 88.4% um, uh, of those referred 
de declined prosecution. And of all of those records, 4.2% of them actually got overturned as being a false negative. And out of all of those, out of the 6 million applications and the 73,000 denials, only 13 were prosecuted. This is not something that is a big deal in the grand scheme of things because the ATF isn't going after people anyway. And this report is going to make it... They're going to now be in the limelight, so the ATF is now going to start investigating and prosecuting people who go to purchase a firearm and are flagged on the NICS check for whatever reason, even if it's a, po a false positive. Now, there are, a, there are appeals processes, but you have to be the one to prove it. You know, you're guilty until proven innocent in this case. Uh, so that's just going to ram things forward and make things far worse off for us uh, should we ever end up in that situation. And here's the thing. Again, you shouldn't, the government shouldn't be able to pick and choose who can and cannot exercise a right that the government didn't grant them to begin with. All right. I want to go back to the bill. Um, and there are a couple of other things that I want to highlight. Page 18, line 21. This is another thing that kind of gives credence to what I just said. Uh, federal prosecution uh, of gun violence. Now, what they're going to do with this is they're going to create another task force. So more task forces. We're task forcing the crap out of everything. We're going to task force the evil away, just like Gary Abbott's doing here in Texas. Um, and what this task force is going to do, they're going to partner up with states. So you can see here, uh, provide for coordination with state and local law enforcement officials on the identification of violations of federal firearm laws. So we're going to ID which federal firearms laws are being broken at the state and local level. Oh, provide for the establishment of agreements with state and local law enforcement officials for the referral to the Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, Firearms, and Explosives and the United States Attorney for prosecutions of persons arrested for violations of Section 922 or 924 Title 18 U.S. Code. Those are the uh, firearms transfer laws. So anytime that there is a, an unlawful transfer, uh, the ATF is going to be the authority on that, which I think they already are. But in case they're not, this is just the government, the federal government coming in and saying, oh, we're going to take care of this. Guys, don't you guys worry. Um, they're also going to be looking for uh, straw purchases, and uh, this is a, this is probably the best part here. Provide for the hiring of agents for the Bureau of Alcohol, to Tobacco, Firearms, and Explosives to investigate violations of the pr provisions referred to in paragraph two. So, not only are we going to be taking investigations away from the state and local level and making it all federal, federally prosecuted. Uh, we're also going to uh, uh, make sure that we hire more agents because we love that police state, guys. Uh, checking in on the comments. Uh, did you say that someone who voluntarily committed to a mental health facility in Texas would be pro prohibited from purchasing a gun, Brent says? Uh, I believe that is the case. Um, I... From what I understand about the about current law is that uh, 
if you've been in a mental institution, that is a disqualifying factor. I will double check on that for you and uh, and uh, and clarify. Uh, Steve says, so much for the anti-gun argument is based on lies and distortions. For instance, they make it sound as if you can purchase a gun online and not go through a background check. But guns through the mail are required to go through a licensed dealer. Uh, that's absolutely correct. Now, before the, uh, you know, before gun control started becoming a thing, you could order a full auto Thompson machine gun out of uh, a Sears catalog and have it delivered to your door. And quite frankly, that's the way things should be. Uh, but this is not the world we live in because reasons. Alrighty. Oh, page 31. We're almost done with this, guys. I uh, appreciate you bearing with me on this. Uh, so going back to the, the Grassley-Cruz bill, we, uh, we only have a couple other things that I want to highlight left. Page 31, line 5. This is... Here we go. Uh, sorry, line 15. Increase penalties for lying and buying. So if you lie on the on the forty four seventy three and you purchase, well, you're now not going to be just in prison for five years. Uh, it's going to be five years, or in the case of a violation under subparagraph A, not more than ten years. So it's now five to ten years uh, because we're going to be tough on the law. You know that's that's going to make it. It's going to make it. It's going to make it better. So if we're going to prosecute people, we're going to put them away for longer because that's that's going to make it it's going to make it uh, it's going to make it work. Uh, page thirty four, line nineteen. This one I found quite interesting. Um, section seventeen. Studied by study by the National Institutes of Justice and National Academy of Sciences on the causes of mass shootings. So we're allocating tax dollars to study why people think it's a good idea to take a weapon or make an explosive. Well, actually, no, it says mass shooting. So to take a firearm and go into a crowd, crowded area and start shooting a bunch of people. We're going to study that so we can understand it. Let me save the federal government all of the tax dollars that they would have wasted on this stupid study. Evil people exist. Evil people will always exist. Evil people will do evil things regardless of what laws you pass. So studying why mass shootings happen is a moot point. This whole freaking law and existing laws are all moot points. And you don't, you're never going to, you know what the solution is? Here's the solution. And everybody always says, we got to do something. We have to do something. And by we, they mean the government. And by something, they mean enact gun control. I agree that we, as individuals, need to do something. And that something is carry a damn gun. You will have far better chance of surviving something like this if you are armed as well. Otherwise, you are going to be running and hiding, trying to get the, the police on the phone frantically, and 
the dispatcher is then going to try and make sense of what noise is coming on from the other line and get your location. And then after all of that, they'll dispatch units that'll take anywhere from 7 to 12 minutes or even longer, depending on how rural of an area you live in. All during which that evil person is doing his evil thing. So there's your answer, guys. There's your answer, Mr. Federal Government. Why do, we, why, why do people commit mass shootings? Because they're evil. How do we stop it? Carry a gun. Repeal all of these stupid laws because they haven't worked yet. They're not going to work, and no new law is ever going to work. And to everybody else, carry a gun. It won't matter who's carrying if you're armed as well. The more people that are armed the far less likely it will be that somebody is going to think it's a good idea to shoot up that crowd of people because like there might be some people that shoot back. I don't want to, I don't want to, I don't want to get shot at. I just want to do the shooting. Um, so yeah, I, I I'm probably just not going to probably just not going to, not going to do that. Uh, Susan says lying on the form was discussed yes in yesterday's hearing. Texas will now pass a law making it a crime for lying on a federal form. Oh, thank goodness, Susan. I, you know, without that law, people will just continue to lie. And, uh, you know, you know, if we make it illegal, then people just won't lie no more because it's Ill it's illegal. Colin asks, do we still hang people for treason in this country? No, we do not, uh, because. Uh, because reasons. Uh, let's see here. And, uh, Brent says, criminals do crime and don't care about laws or signs. That's absolutely right. Evil's not going to be deterred by a sign. Evil's not going to be, uh, deterred by a law, which amounts to a bunch of paper with words on it that was signed by some figurehead and inputted into the United States Code. It's not exactly a tangible thing unless you get a copy of the U.S. code, which is thick enough to probably stop most rounds. So maybe, maybe that's the, maybe that's the angle they're going for at the federal level. It's like, look, if we just create enough laws, people will carry them around and it'll be, it'll be armor proof or it'll be bulletproof armor. I mean, you, you can't shoot through that many pieces of paper, guys. So we need to make as much, as many convoluted laws as possible. We need to tell people that they need to wear them like body armor. Of course, you could just buy body armor, too. Oh, wait. Silly me. Chuck Schumer's trying to make it to where you have to get an FBI approval for that because reasons. Uh, Dan asks, how many guns were used in the Boston Marathon? Exactly zero. They were pressure cookers. I guess that means we need to have pressure cooker control, guys. We need to study. We need to get a task force to study the straw purchases of of, of pressure cookers. We need to understand. We need to. We need to. We need to study why people take pressure cookers and blow up places like the Boston Marathon. We need to figure that out so we can better control it. We need to we need to investigate it. We need to, to dissect it. We need to understand it. We need to write laws about it. And you know what? The more paper we put in front of these people, they'll probably be able to survive a thermonuclear blast. I tell you what, they're gonna they're gonna have so much paper around them, it's gonna be a damn nuclear bomb shelter, and they're gonna be safe from everything. They just need to wear the US code on their body and probably never leave their house. Because it'll be really heavy after all. But they'll be safe. And we're gonna be protecting them 
etc., etc. All right. There's one other thing that I wanted to highlight in this bill. Uh, last thing, guys, I promise. Line, uh, page 46, line 7. Uh, page 46 is right towards the bottom. Uh, this is a 50-page bill, by the way. Line 7. Okay, so here's what this is. This is interstate transportation of firearms or ammunition. But this sounds like a wonderful thing, guys. We're going to be able to carry across state lines. Notwithstanding any other provision of law, uh, a person who is not prohibited by this chapter from possessing, transporting, shipping, or receiving firearm or ammunition shall be entitled to. So far, so good. Transport a firearm for any lawful purpose from any place where the person may lawfully possess, carry, transport the firearm to any other place, to any other such place, if during the transportation. Uh-oh. The firearm is unloaded. Okay. And if the transportation is by motor vehicle, the firearm is not directly accessible from the passenger compartment of the motor vehicle. Oh, okay. Uh, if the motor vehicle is without a compartment separate from the passenger compartment, the firearm is in a locked container other than the glove compartment or console. Or secured by a secure gun storage or safety device. Or if the transportation is by any other means, the firearm is in a locked container or secured by a secure gun storage safety. Okay, so you can carry your gun along across state lines. As long as it is unloaded and completely locked. Okay, that's going to do a lot of people a lot of good. Because uh, you're just, you're just going to say, excuse me, Mr. Carjacker. I need to go to the trunk and get my gun, unlock it, load it, and then shoot you in the face. So if you could, just give me, just give me like two minutes to do that. And then I'll be on about my way, okay? Is that all right? No, he's going to take your car and have your his, and have your guns in his trunk. Good job, government. You're saving us all. And uh, here's the thing worth ammunition. Oh, it's very similar to the previous firearm language. The ammunition is not loaded into a firearm if transported by a vehicle, not directly accessible from the passenger compartment. You can't even keep the ammo in your car. If the motor vehicle is without compartment from, separate from the passenger compartment, the ammunition is in a locked container other than the glove compartment or console. So, if you're carrying your weapon and ammunition across state lines, the oh-so-wonderful Ted Cruz and oh-so-wonderful Chuck Grassley have written a bill making it to where you can do that. You just need to make sure that your gun's unloaded and locked in a place that is separate from you, and your ammunition has to also be locked in a separate container from the firearm and you. So, I uh, think that that is going to be uh, probably the most useless law ever written. Uh, I, I can't, actually cannot think of, a, of another useless law, a more... Useless law. Ed says we need to we need common sense in Congress. Kick out all the tyrants. That would be all 535 of them. Uh, so they're talking about a trunk. Yes, Albert, they are talking about a trunk. 
Are we going to have background checks for rental trucks and at Home Depot like the one used in New York a couple of years ago? We need it. You need to have. We need. And we also need to set up a task force to investigate the straw purchases of those trucks, as well as uh, investigate why people would run people over in Central Park with a truck from Home Depot. Uh, Kendall says no common sense anywhere in Congress slash government. Uh, Johnny, I have it. I have the bill linked in the show notes at the top. So if you want to read that, there is uh, the bill is there. Mike says he'll pass. Donald says, does that include licenses to carry? No, it actually does not. So you're you're not actually carrying it on your person. You're just transporting it. Um, did they write this purposely uh, to purposely want it to not? have it pass brent asked no i think they because cruz has been pushing this bill since 2013 uh it's like his baby and so uh it, it, it's something that he's just been he, he's been he's been wanting it for a very long time it's nothing new uh dan asks are we really con considering giving up what our founding forefathers died for dan i'm gonna be frank with you man we already have like liberty does not exist in this country anymore uh in fact i would say i'm 32 years old my grandparents didn't even really know what liberty was in this country uh that is how far back the the destruction of liberty has gone uh if if you really want a quick eye opener man just think for take some time to think about it take as long as you need think of Something that you can do that is not either regulated, taxed, licensed, or outright prohibited by law. The, if you can come up with a list of more than one thing, but since this is a family show, I'm not going to say what that one thing is, um, you, you, probably, uh, you probably have, well, you've had some more insight than I have because I can't think of anything. I really cannot think of more than one thing that you can do that is not regulated, taxed, licensed, or outright prohibited by law. Um, Ed says we need less government, not more. Absolutely. John asks, if the gun is in a locked case, why the hell does the ammo need to be locked up as well? Because, John, to keep you safe from people that might shoot people out of the blue. Doy, I mean, it makes perfect sense. Uh, Susan says, Liberty Tree is fading due to drought. Yeah, the Tree of Liberty must be refreshed with the blood of patriots and tyrants from time to time. And uh, I actually have a, a feeling that we are heading down that path to where uh, the Tree of Liberty will be refreshed. Um, hopefully, I don't want to see that happen. But if things keep going the way they are, I have a feeling that it will. Uh, there's other, one other thing that I want to address, not in the, in the Grassley-Cruz bill, uh, but it's something that I see a lot of people comment on, and that's national reciprocity. National reciprocity is also a bad idea. Because what is happening is, uh, for one, it's not ever going to become law because the Democrats control the House, and they're never going to vote for it. But the problem is that even whenever Republicans had control of the House, 
it didn't pass, and I'm glad that it didn't, because no way could that bill be worded appropriately. Because what it effectively does, no matter how you write it, it is going to take the states and, and, and take the process of carrying a firearm on your person and give that power to the federal government. Now, the bill effectively didn't have you know, a national carry license or anything like that. It essentially just said, uh, it was long, but it essentially just in effect, if somebody has a license to carry from one state, then all the other states must adhere to it. But the problem is, and there was actually some pretty bad provisions in it as well. Uh, basically if the state of California says that it is illegal to carry a, a handgun with a license on any public sidewalk and you went there from Texas, they could legally arrest you and prosecute you for carrying a loaded handgun on a sidewalk because that's the law that they passed. So the carry laws still apply to the states, but the government now has their hand in it. And what that did is it laid the groundwork for any massive sweeping gun control at the federal level. It would have been so easy if that became law for when the Democrats took over the House and it's only a matter of time before the Democrats retake the Senate and the White House where they will be like, oh, we already have this nice groundwork laid. Let's make a federal carry license. Oh, let's also uh, regulate what state licenses, what requirements state licenses must have. It's a very dangerous bill. It sounds great on paper, but it is, it, no matter how it is written, giving the federal government the power to control the carry, or to regulate, control, however you want to call it, the carrying of handguns is a awful idea. Uh, even though I agree with the sentiment, I do not want the federal government controlling the carrying of firearms. I don't want the federal government controlling much of anything. As Rand Paul said during the 2016 election debates, I want the federal government so small I can barely see it. And when I mean barely see it, I mean barely see it um let's see here larry says the air that uh that uh the air that we breathe so far uh dan says it's time for texas to leave the usa that's another thing that concerns me too if texas secedes well our current constitution goes out the window our current constitution says that the legislature has the power to control the wearing of arms with a view to, to, to prevent crime. Do you honestly think that the group of delegates that are going to rewrite the new Republic of Texas Constitution are going to put a provision as crystal clear as the current Second Amendment is? No. I, don't, I have zero faith in that. Especially whenever you look at what's going on right now. You have Dan Patrick calling for, for universal background checks. You have Greg Abbott stopping just short of saying that. Uh, you have Dennis Bonin being Dennis Bonin, uh, and you have you even have Congressman uh, Dan Crenshaw calling for red flag and um, pushing the TAPS Act, which I went over that in detail a couple of weeks ago. That's an awful bill. You have Ted Cruz, Republican sweetheart from Texas, pushing this bill that I just dissected here. So no, I have zero confidence in. Uh, uh, I have zero confidence in 
the, the a new Republic of Texas forming with a constitution that protects our natural right to bear arms the way that it needs to be protected. Period. End of story. Um, so, yeah. That is going to do it for me, guys. I, uh, I appreciate you guys tuning in and being interactive on this. Um, I know that going through legislation is kind of painful, uh, so I'm, I'm glad I was able to at least make you laugh a little bit through it and uh, you know teach y'all, uh, tell y'all exactly why this bill is so awful and needs to needs to be squished. Um, also, you know, Ted Cruz needs to be opposed on this. He needs to be called out. Anyway, that's going to do it for me. Special episode on Friday to break down these my facts and everything. See y'all then. Lone Star Gun Talk is a Lone Star Gun Rights production. Original music and hosted by Derek Wills. Copyright Lone Star Gun Rights 2019. Lone Star Gunners, welcome to this special episode of the podcast that's not uh, anywhere near our normal day. Uh, go ahead and chime on in in the comments where you are watching from. Uh, we have, uh, what, what prompted this was, uh, we sent out a tweet uh, last night, and I posted a screenshot of that, uh, calling out Ted Cruz for his, his pushing of what he keeps calling the Grassley Cruz Bill. And this has been a bill that he's been trying to get enacted since 2013. Uh, so this isn't a new bill. This isn't uh, this isn't anything new from him. Uh, but people who love Ted Cruz, uh, they they have an issue whenever criticisms come his way. At least some of them do. Uh, so we're gonna break down that bill. This is a special episode just for breaking down this bill. Uh, but before I do get into that, I wanted to give you all a quick reminder that we are still um, we are still getting ready for the giveaway uh, September 29th. My medic has sent us this right here. Uh, this is a MyFAC uh, Advanced. Uh, they have also sent us the range kit, uh, the range medic kit advanced as well as a bleed stopper kit and we're giving this away to uh, three lucky paid members we're also going to be giving away uh, a lot of uh, our, our own gear we're going to be giving away some t-shirts and keychains and uh, things like that so uh, whoever wins these uh, who, whichever three lucky members wins this is going to be getting christmas in, in october it's going to be uh it's going to be great. And I'm going to do an episode probably Friday breaking down the contents of these kits. Uh, first aid is very, very important to all of us because, uh, you know, after after you've neutralized a threat, uh, chances are somebody is going to be injured and we need to be 
able to carry the tools to uh, save their lives as well because EMS is going to be a ways away and they can't even enter the scene until law enforcement has deemed the scene safe. Uh, so anyway, let's get to this Grassley Cruz bill. This is uh, this is not a good bill. Despite what things have been said about it, and uh, you know, I don't have the uh, I didn't get his web page. Uh, that had the summary on it, uh, but let me see if I can pull this up really quickly uh, for you guys, uh, just to kind of give you, this is on uh, Senator Chuck Grassley's website, he's the other namesake on this bill, and it, it they call it the Preserving the Second Amendment Act, and basically it says, improve and reauthorize grants for NICS database, Increase federal prosecutions for gun violence by establishing a nationwide project exile program and establishing a high-level federal task force. There's more task forces going around than we can shake a stick at. Uh, responsibility addressing gun violence by criminalizing straw purchases for firearms, which is already criminalized, and gun trafficking, which is also already criminalized. Protect the Second Amendment rights for members of the armed forces because they're, uh, you know, as a former member of the armed forces, apparently I was more special as a member of the armed forces than uh, any of anybody that hasn't been a member of the armed forces because they deserve rights and anyway uh requiring the department of justice to explain to congress why it has or has not been prosecuting gun cases we'll get into that uh place limitations on operations like fast and furious allow firearms dealers to access the nick database for voluntary background checks of employees as well as to see if a firearm is stolen or not before they buy it that's the that's the quick synopsis that chuck grassley put on his website um but there's a lot of really bad stuff in here so let's uh let's delve into it guys uh this bill has been filed in the senate and uh actually before i do that i want to check in with everybody here in the comments uh nathan says federal government needs to stay out of it i agree donald says i need to buy another t-shirt yes you do everybody needs to buy another t-shirt we're dropping t-shirts like crazy uh, we just dropped a t-shirt uh, a couple of days ago that says arms aren't uh, arms are for hugging and it's a guy with two AK-47s hugging them, and, uh, you know, it, it's just, it's awesome. Uh, so we got Max from Lake Jackson, Steve from Longview, Carl from uh, Poth, is it Poth or Poth? I, I'm not entirely sure. We got Phil from Oklahoma, John from Bridgeport. Guys, thank you so much for chiming in. Uh, okay, so let's get to Zibil, if you will. Uh, so this is, as I said, the short title may be cited as Protecting Communities and Preserving the Second Amendment Act of 2019. But does it? No, it doesn't. So first thing that I want to highlight is uh, page 3, line 11. Uh, and this right here is the end-all be-all that proves that it's a gun control bill. Authorizations of Appropriations... Uh, for the National Instant Criminal Background Check System. In general, Section 103 of the NICS Improvement Amendments Act of 2007. NICS is, an, is a violation of our natural rights. Anytime you have to go through a permission process to exercise a natural right, it is no longer a natural right. It is a... Uh, it is... It is simply a... Oh my god, why are my dogs barking? Hang on. 
I can't get through an episode anymore without my dogs barking. They used to be so good. Now I have to, uh, now I have to, <laughs> now, I, <laughs> now I have to embarrass myself in front of everybody. Uh, okay. Where was I? Okay. Yeah. Nix is a unconstitutional violation of our natural right to bear arms because you have to prove that you are an innocent person to the government and that translates it from a right to a privilege. Here's the thing, guys. Whenever you have to... Uh, if the government has the authority to pick and choose who can and cannot exercise a right, it is no longer a right. It is a privilege. So why are we against things like concealed carry permits? Why do we want constitutional carry? Uh, we want all of those because it's a right and not a privilege that licenses should be sold for. You can't have a right that is licensed. You just can't. Uh, and this is a natural right as, as, as much as you could boil it down to. Uh, the right to bear arms is as much of a natural right as your right to life. You don't need a, you don't need a, a license to exercise your right to live. Uh, so... You shouldn't ha need a license, and there shouldn't be any criteria by which you live your life. Uh, and there certainly shouldn't be any, well, there shouldn't be any reason that uh, you should be deprived of your natural rights. Because they're rights, not privileges. Okay, getting back to this. So, it reauthorizes more money for the Nix program. Uh, line 17, accountability, uh, grants awarded shall be subject to the following accountability provisions. Uh, basically this is saying that, uh, if, as long as they are doing audits and they are following their priorities, which is interesting right here, uh, should give priority eligible applicants did not have uh, an unresolved audit finding during three fiscal years before submitting application for grant under this section. Uh, this is for states, by the way. So it's another bribery scheme. Uh, page six. This is where things get really dicey. Uh, a lot of those other provisions were just how the NICS grants are going to work. And uh, it's not to say that they're not important, but it is to say that there's a lot of uh, legalese that probably would bore people to tears. Uh, definitions of mental health. And this is something that a lot of people... Uh, even very pro-gun people talk about. It's a mental health problem. Mental health is a is such a broad uh, is such a broad scope that the government shouldn't even be trying to define mental health. And here's the thing: most people, even uh, most people with mental illnesses that are legitimate mental illnesses, so schizophrenia, bipolar disorder. Things like that. Most people that are diagnosed with those live very normal, everyday lives. And they have just as much of a right to defend themselves as you or I do. So, saying mental health disqualifies somebody that is not a danger to themselves or others just because they have a diagnosis. It violates all sorts of other uh, rights of privacy, uh, your doctor-patient privilege, things like that. Because if and even even people who have been in a mental institution, that's a current disqualifying factor. If you've ever been in a mental institution, you cannot purchase a firearm. 
even if it's outpatient treatment, even if it is voluntary commission, the thing is, sometimes people do need help. But if they are a danger to themselves and others, they will be dis they will be institutionalized. Most people that we that people are talking about when they talk about mental health are people that are they cannot even function on their own. They are typically far more of a danger to themselves than anybody else. They constantly need 24-hour care. They 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 can hardly do their daily functions on their own if at all. And chances are people like that one aren't going to a gun shop to begin with. Two probably are, are institutionalized and under constant care. Or three, at minimum, have a caretaker in their home taking care of them. So denying people on the grounds that they have a mental illness of some kind or have ever been to a mental hospital is something that is incredibly dangerous. You can go to a mental hospital just for having uh, depression. You know, depression is, is probably the most common form of mental illness that there is, and it is a mental illness. Postpartum depression affects almost every woman who has ever given birth. And are you are you going to say that if postpartum depression is diagnosed or gets bad enough to where they need to be put in under care for a temporary amount of time, uh, that well she no longer has the right to defend herself, she no longer has the right to bear the tools needed to defend herself. All of this is so dangerous. And we really need to highlight it. Uh, I had a show over a year ago with Lee Spiller on. He's an advocate for mental health patients. And uh, I am making it a point uh, to uh, get him back on the show to talk about this again because of how serious of an issue it is. Uh, he talked about back then how uh, people were going into a mental health clinic for outpatient treatment. And the next thing they, they know, they are locked in a padded room uh, involuntarily against their will. Uh, so this is something that we need to pay very close attention to and stop just using it as a baseline talking point. It is incredibly dangerous. All right, so I'm going to skip over the rest of uh, the rest of this. This is a lot of definitions and um, and uh, a, a, cute, a, a couple of semantics on the topic, uh, but none of them are any good because the fact that the government is picking and choosing who can and cannot uh, exercise this right. And you can see it's about five pages or so of uh, mental health stuff. All right, going to page 12, uh, line 7. Nick's report. So every bill now seems to be having a requirement that a report needs to be given to Congress every so often. It doesn't matter what it is. Uh, and... I guess that's for job security so they can always keep their job because they have to listen to these reports. And this whole section here breaks down what is required for that report, and it should be held every year. And uh, the DOJ or ATF is going to be doing this. I'm going to give you a, a, a quick rundown. I'm, I, I've linked the bill in the show notes for you guys uh, so you can read all of this. But essentially... Uh, the relevant records, the number of relevant records, as well as their description, and this is for people who have been disqualified and attempted to purchase a firearm. Um, the, uh, the, 
the the thing is if you have a denial that would be a quote relevant record if you were actually not supposed to or you if you were actually supposed to be flagged uh efforts to increase percentage of relevant records uh this right here has some dangerous wording to me because of the fact that it it's it's like they're trying to uh, find reasons to deny people. I don't think that's the intent of it, but the way it's worded makes me feel that way. Uh, of course, I don't think there should be denials at all, but that's a whole nother topic. Uh, as well as the report should include obstacles for increasing the percentage of relevant records, and uh, it should include a measurement for corrections of relevant records. So uh, 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 that measurements is what what are they implementing to try and prevent false records from being put in. But there's no accountability. So it's entirely up to the DOJ. They could come up with whatever uh, whatever BS reason they could, and it's in the report, so that's all that, that matters. Uh, Susan says, more people will now not seek help out of fear of losing their guns. Their policies are hurting people. Absolutely right. Kendall says, in my opinion, it seems like discrimination against every American. Again, absolutely right. Um... Okay, there's also this portion in here, section, uh, let's see here, uh, page 14, line 20. Uh, yeah, line 20. So there's going to be another report as uh, along with that Nick's report, uh, and this is going to be a prospectus of firearms, uh, basically how many are being sold. So this is what is going to... Oh, what this is, is if there was a decision not to prosecute an individual who went to buy a firearm and was denied, why those weren't being prosecuted, uh, why there weren't even charges. Uh, this should also include things like, uh, why is it that they were denied? Uh, was it valid? And if it was, why did we not charge them? And if we did charge them, why did we not prosecute them? The prosecution rate is actually incredibly low. I've, I meant to pull this up before I went live. Uh, so I am, uh, I am sorry, but I got to uh, see if I can. I, I know I have this saved on my phone uh, just for such an occasion. So homicides. Nope, that's. That is homicides. Where is my uh, Nick's stuff? Oh, Nick's denial. This is from 2010. Uh, this is this is important. Now I know this is a bit dated, uh, but it does. Oh no, here's 2015 data. So there were 190,784 denials for firearm purchases in 2015. Uh, of those. 35.8% uh, or 63,303 were because of felony convictions. 3.8% uh, were because of a current indictment. 2% uh, were because of it being illegal aliens. 5.9% were because of mental adjudication. And 52.6% or 100,277 out of the 190,784 190, denials were classified as all others. So you're denying people that aren't even worthy of their own category. Uh, now on this, going back to the 2010 data, 
because I don't think I was able to find this whenever I was looking. I'll, I'll, I'll search again and see if I can find updated data on this. Uh, but they had, uh, they had 76,142, or I'm sorry, 72,659 denials out of over 6 million applications. Um, of those, uh, of those 4,732 were referred to the ATF for investigation. So 6.2% of those that were denied in 2010 were referred to the ATF for in investigation. Um, uh, 88.4% of those referred de declined prosecution and of all of those records, 4.2% of them actually got overturned as being a false negative. And out of all of those, out of the 6 million applications and the 73,000 denials, only 13 were prosecuted. This is not something that is a big deal in the grand scheme of things because the ATF isn't going after people anyway. And this report is going to make it they're going to now be in the limelight, so the ATF is now going to start investigating and prosecuting people who go to purchase a firearm and are flagged on the NICS check for whatever reason, even if it's a, po a false positive. Now, there are, a, there are appeals processes, but you have to be the one to prove it. You know, you're guilty until proven innocent in this case. Uh, so that's just going to ram things forward and make things far worse off for us uh, should we ever end up in that situation? And here's the thing. Again, you shouldn't, the government shouldn't be able to pick and choose who can and cannot exercise a right that the government didn't grant them to begin with. All right. I want to go back to the bill. Um, and there are a couple of other things that I want to highlight. Page 18, line 21. This is another thing that kind of gives credence to what I just said. Uh, federal prosecution uh, of gun violence. Now, what they're going to do with this is they're going to create another task force. So more task forces. We're task forcing the crap out of everything. We're going to task force the evil away, just like Gary Abbott's doing here in Texas. Um, and what this task force is going to do, they're going to partner up with states. So you can see here, uh, provide for coordination with state and local law enforcement officials on the identification of violations of federal firearm laws. So we're going to ID which federal firearms laws are being broken at the state and local level. Oh, provide for the establishment of agreements with state and local law enforcement officials for the referral to the Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, Firearms, and Explosives and the United States Attorney for prosecutions of persons arrested for violations of Section 922 or 924 Title 18 U.S. Code. Those are the uh, firearms transfer laws. So anytime that there is a an unlawful transfer, uh, the ATF is going to be the authority on that, which I think they already are. But in case they're not, this is just the government, the federal government coming in and saying, oh, we're going to take care of this. Guys, don't you guys worry. Um, they're also going to be looking for uh, straw purchases, and uh, this is a, this is probably the best part here. Provide for the hiring of agents 
for the Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, Firearms, and Explosives to investigate violations of the provisions referred to in paragraph two. So not only are we going to be taking investigations away from the state and local level and making it all federal, federally prosecuted, uh, we're also going to uh, uh, make sure that we hire more agents because we love that police state, guys. Uh, checking in on the comments. Uh, did you say that someone who voluntarily committed to a mental health facility in Texas would be pro prohibited from purchasing a gun, Brent says. Uh, I believe that is the case. Um, I, From what I understand about, the, about current law is that uh, if you've been in a mental institution, that is a disqualifying factor. I will double check on that for you and uh and uh and clarify uh steve says so much for the anti-gun argument is based on lies and distortions for instance they make it sound as if you can purchase a gun online and not go through a background check but guns through the mail are required to go through a licensed dealer uh that's absolutely correct now before the uh you know before gun control started becoming a thing you could order a full auto thompson machine gun out of uh, a sears catalog and have it delivered to your door and quite frankly that's the way things should be uh, but this is not the world we live in because reasons uh righty oh page 31 we're almost done with this guys i uh, appreciate you bearing with me on this uh so going back to the the grassley cruise bill we, uh, we only have a couple other things that I want to highlight left. Page 31, line 5. This is... Here we go. Uh, sorry, line 15. Increase penalties for lying and buying. So if you lie on the, on the 4473 and you purchase, well, you're now not going to be just in prison for five years, uh... It's going to be five years, or in the case of a violation under subparagraph A, not more than ten years. So it's now five to ten years, uh, because we're going to be tough under law. You know that's that's going to make it. It's going to make it. It's going to make it better. So if we're going to prosecute people, we're going to put them away for longer, because that's that's going to make it. It's going to make it. Uh, it's going to make it work. Uh, page thirty-four, line nineteen. This one I found quite interesting. Um, Section 17, by, study by the National Institutes of Justice and National Academy of Sciences on the causes of mass shootings. So we're allocating tax dollars to study why people think it's a good idea to take a weapon or make an explosive. Well, actually, no, it says mass shooting. So to take a firearm and go into a crowd, crowded area and start shooting a bunch of people. We're going to study that so we can understand it. Let me save the federal government all of the tax dollars that they would have wasted on this stupid study. Evil people exist. Evil people will always exist. Evil people will do evil things regardless of what laws you pass. So studying why mass shootings happen is a moot point. This whole freaking law and existing laws are all moot points. 
and you don't, you're never going to, you know what the solution is? Here's the solution. And everybody always says, we got to do something. We have to do something. And by we, they mean the government. And by something, they mean enact gun control. I agree that we, as individuals, need to do something. And that something is carry a damn gun. You will have far better chance of surviving something like this if you are armed as well. Otherwise, you are going to be running and hiding, trying to get the, the police on the phone frantically, and the dispatcher is then going to try and make sense of what noise is coming on from the other line and get your location. And then after all of that, they'll dispatch units that'll take anywhere from 7 to 12 minutes or even longer, depending on how rural of an area you live in. All during which that evil person is doing his evil thing. So there's your answer, guys. There's your answer, Mr. Federal Government. Why do, we, why, why do people commit mass shootings? Because they're evil. How do we stop it? Carry a gun. Repeal all of these stupid laws because they haven't worked yet. They're not going to work, and no new law is ever going to work. And to everybody else, carry a gun. It won't matter who's carrying if you're armed as well. The more people that are armed the far less likely it will be that somebody is going to think it's a good idea to shoot up that crowd of people because like there might be some people that shoot back i don't want to i don't want to i don't want to get shot at i just want to do the shooting um so yeah i, I i'm probably just not going to probably just not going to not going to do that uh Susan says lying on the form was discussed yes in yesterday's hearing. Texas will now pass a law making it a crime for lying on a federal form. Oh, thank goodness, Susan. I, you know, without that law, people will just continue to lie. And, uh, you know, you know, if we make it illegal, then people just won't lie no more because it's Ill it's illegal. Colin asks, do we still hang people for treason in this country? No, we do not, uh, because. Uh, because reasons. Uh, let's see here. And, uh, Brent says, criminals do crime and don't care about laws or signs. That's absolutely right. Evil's not going to be deterred by a sign. Evil's not going to be, uh, deterred by a law, which amounts to a bunch of paper with words on it that was signed by some figurehead and inputted into the United States Code. It's not exactly a tangible thing unless you get a copy of the U.S. code, which is thick enough to probably stop most rounds. So maybe, maybe that's the, maybe that's the angle they're going for at the federal level. It's like, look, if we just create enough laws, people will carry them around and it'll be, it'll be armor proof or it'll be bulletproof armor. I mean, you, you can't shoot through that many pieces of paper, guys. So we need to make as much, as many convoluted laws as possible. We need to tell people that they need to wear them like body armor. Of course, you could just buy body armor, too. Oh, wait. Silly me. Chuck Schumer's trying to make it to where you have to get FBI approval for that because reasons. Uh, Dan asks, how many guns were used in the Boston Marathon? Exactly zero. 
They were pressure cookers. I guess that means we need to have pressure cooker control, guys. We need to study. We need to get a task force to study the straw purchases of of, of pressure cookers. We need to understand. We need to. We need to. We need to study why people take pressure cookers and blow up places like the Boston Marathon. We need to figure that out so we can better control it. We need to. We need to investigate it. We need to to dissect it. We need to understand it. We need to write laws about it. And you know what? The more paper we put in front of these people, they'll probably be able to survive a thermonuclear blast. I tell you what, they're gonna they're gonna have so much paper around them. It's gonna be a damn nuclear bomb shelter, and they're gonna be safe from everything. They just need to wear the U.S. code on their body and probably never leave their house because it'll be really heavy after all. But they'll be safe, and we're gonna be protecting them, etc., etc. All right. There's one other thing that I wanted to highlight in this bill. Uh, last thing, guys, I promise. Line, uh, page 46, line 7. Uh, page 46 is right towards the bottom. Uh, this is a 50-page bill, by the way. Line 7. Okay, so here's what this is. This is interstate transportation of firearms or ammunition. But this sounds like a wonderful thing, guys. We're going to be able to carry across state lines. Notwithstanding any other provision of law, uh, a person who is not prohibited by this chapter from possessing, transporting, shipping, or receiving firearm or ammunition shall be entitled to. So far, so good. Transport a firearm for any lawful purpose from any place where the person may lawfully possess, carry, transport the firearm to any other place, to any other such place, if during the transportation, uh-oh, the firearm is unloaded, okay, and if the transportation is by motor vehicle, the firearm is not directly accessible from the passenger compartment of the motor vehicle. Oh, Okay. Uh, if the motor vehicle is without a compartment separate from the passenger compartment, the firearm is in a locked container other than the glove compartment or console, or secured by a secure gun storage or safety device. Or if the transportation is by any other means, the firearm is in a locked container or secured by a secure gun storage safety. Okay, so you can carry your gun along across state lines. As long as it is unloaded and completely locked. Okay, that's going to do a lot of people a lot of good. Because uh, you're just, you're just going to say, Excuse me, Mr. Carjacker. I need to go to the trunk and get my gun, unlock it, load it, and then shoot you in the face. So if you could, just give me, just give me like two minutes to do that. And then I'll be on about my way, okay? Is that all right? No, he's going to take your car and have your his and have your guns in his trunk. Good job, government. You're saving us all. And uh, here's the thing: worth ammunition. Oh, it's very similar to the previous firearm language. The ammunition is not loaded into a firearm if transported by a vehicle not directly accessible from the passenger compartment. You can't even keep the ammo in. Your car. If the motor vehicle is without compartment from, separate from the passenger compartment, the ammunition is in a locked container other than the glove compartment or console. So, if you're carrying your weapon and ammunition across state lines, 
the oh-so-wonderful Ted Cruz and oh-so-wonderful Chuck Grassley have written a bill making it to where you can do that. You just need to make sure that your gun's unloaded and locked in a place that is separate from you and your ammunition has to also be locked in a separate container from the firearm and you. So, I uh, think that that is going to be uh, probably the most useless law ever written. Uh, I, I can't, actually cannot think of a of another useless law, a more useless law. Ed says we need to we need common sense in Congress. Kick out all the tyrants. That would be all five hundred and thirty five of them. Uh, so they're talking about a trunk. Yes, Albert, they are talking about a trunk. Are we going to have background checks for rental trucks and at Home Depot like the one used in New York a couple of years ago? We need it. You need to have. We need. And we also need to set up a task force to investigate the straw purchases of those trucks, as well as uh, investigate why people would run people over in Central Park with a truck from Home Depot. Uh, Kendall says no common sense anywhere in Congress slash government. Uh, Johnny, I have it. I have the bill linked in the show notes at the top. So if you want to read that, there is uh, the bill is there. Mike says he'll pass. Donald says, does that include licenses to carry? No, it actually does not. So you're you're not actually carrying it on your person. You're just transporting it. Um, did they write this purposely uh, to purposely want it to not have it pass? Brent asked. No, I think they, because Cruz has been pushing this bill since 2013. Uh, it's like his baby. And so uh, it, it, it's something that he's just been, he, he's been he's been wanting it for a very long time. It's nothing new. Uh, Dan asks, "Are we really con considering giving up what our founding forefathers died for?" Dan, I'm gonna be frank with you, man. We already have like liberty does not exist in this country anymore. Uh, in fact, I would say I'm 32 years old. My grandparents didn't even really know what liberty was in this country. Uh, that is how far back the the destruction of liberty has gone. Uh, if if you really want a quick eye opener, man, just think for take some time to think about it. Take as long as you need. Think of something that you can do that is not either regulated, taxed, licensed, or outright prohibited by law. The, if you can come up with a list of more than one thing, but since this is a family show, I'm not going to say what that one thing is, um, you, you, probably, uh, you probably have, well, you've had some more insight than I have because I can't think of anything. I really cannot think of more than one thing that you can do that is not regulated, taxed, licensed, or outright prohibited by law. Um, Ed says we need less government, not more. Absolutely. John asks, if the gun is in a locked case, why the hell does the ammo need to be locked up as well? Because, John, to keep you safe from people that might shoot people out of the blue. Doy. I mean, it makes perfect sense. Uh... <laughs> Susan says, Liberty Tree is fading due to drought. Yeah, the Tree of Liberty must be refreshed with the blood of patriots and tyrants from time to time. And uh, I actually have a, 
a feeling that we are heading down that path to where uh, the Tree of Liberty will be refreshed. Um, hopefully, I don't want to see that happen, but if things keep going the way they are, I have a feeling that it will. Uh, there's other, one other thing that I want to address, not in the, in the Grassley Cruz bill, uh, but it's something that I see a lot of people comment on, and that's national reciprocity. National reciprocity is also a bad idea because what is happening is, uh, for one, it's not ever going to become law because the Democrats control the House and they're never going to vote for it. But the problem is that even whenever Republicans had control of the House, it didn't pass, and I'm glad that it didn't, because no way could that bill be worded appropriately. Because what it effectively does, no matter how you write it, it is going to take the states and, and, and take the process of carrying a firearm on your person and give that power to the federal government. Now, the bill effectively didn't have you know, a national carry license or anything like that. It essentially just said, uh, it was long, but it essentially just in effect, if somebody has a license to carry from one state, then all the other states must adhere to it. But the problem is, and there was actually some pretty bad provisions in it as well. Uh, basically if the state of California says that it is illegal to carry a, a handgun with a license on any public sidewalk and you went there from Texas, they could legally arrest you and prosecute you for carrying a loaded handgun on a sidewalk because that's the law that they passed. So the carry laws still apply to the states, but the government now has their hand in it. And what that did is it laid the groundwork for any massive sweeping gun control at the federal level. It would have been so easy if that became law for when the Democrats took over the House and it's only a matter of time before the Democrats retake the Senate and the White House where they will be like, oh, we already have this nice groundwork laid. Let's make a federal carry license. Oh, let's also uh, regulate what state licenses, what requirements state licenses must have. It's a very dangerous bill. It sounds great on paper, but it is, it, no matter how it is written, giving the federal government the power to control the carry, or to regulate, control, however you want to call it, the carrying of handguns is a awful idea. Uh, even though I agree with the sentiment, I do not want the federal government controlling the carrying of firearms. I don't want the federal government controlling much of anything. As Rand Paul said during the 2016 election debates, I want the federal government so small I can barely see it. And when I mean barely see it, I mean barely see it um let's see here larry says the air that uh that uh the air that we breathe so far uh dan says it's time for texas to leave the usa that's another thing that concerns me too if texas secedes well our current constitution goes out the window our current constitution says that the legislature has the power to control the wearing of arms with a view to, to, to prevent crime. Do you honestly think that the group of delegates that are going to rewrite the new Republic of Texas Constitution are going to put a provision as crystal clear as the current Second Amendment is? No. 
I don't I have zero faith in that. Especially whenever you look at what's going on right now. You have Dan Patrick calling for for universal background checks. You have Greg Abbott stopping just short of saying that. Uh you have Dennis Bonin being Dennis Bonin. Uh and you have you even have Congressman uh, Dan Crenshaw calling for red flag and um, pushing the TAPS Act, which I went over that in detail a couple of weeks ago. That's an awful bill. You have Ted Cruz, Republican sweetheart from Texas, pushing this bill that I just dissected here. So, no, I have zero confidence in... Uh, I have zero confidence in... The, the a new Republic of Texas forming with a constitution that protects our natural right to bear arms the way that it needs to be protected. Period. End of story. Um, so yeah. That is going to do it for me, guys. I, uh, I appreciate you guys tuning in and being interactive on this. Um, I know that going through legislation is kind of painful, uh, so I'm, I'm glad I was able to at least make you laugh a little bit through it. And, uh, you know, teach y'all, uh, tell y'all exactly why this bill is so awful and needs to, needs to be squished. Um, also, you know, Ted Cruz needs to be opposed on this. He needs to be called out. Anyway, that's going to do it for me. Special episode on Friday to break down these my facts and everything. See y'all then.